Hello and welcome to Witch Shorts, I'm Rob Lilly. I'm back with another brand new episode this week as we explore a topic that, as someone who is six foot four inches, is especially of interest to me. Now before we get to that, don't forget to give us a rating and a review if you like what you're hearing, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts as well. They are Witch Money and Witch Investigates, so just search for them wherever you're listening to this podcast. To this week, though, and that subject that is especially close to my heart. Think back to the last time you were on a plane. How much room did you have? Well, it might be less than the last time you stepped on board. Here's Laura Sanders to take us through her recent investigation, which left her with that shrinking feeling. Plane seats are officially getting smaller. This will come as no surprise to any flyer who's jostled for the armrest or played recliner dominoes in cattle class. But what is likely to raise eyebrows is just how drastically dimensions have shrunk in the past 70 years. Today, you'll get around 31 inches of legroom if you're lucky. It's a far cry from the 1950s and the golden age of flying when champagne-quaffing passengers could luxuriate in a comfortable 40 inches. And when you consider that today's passengers are generally getting bigger, not smaller, suddenly the pins and needles make sense. Discomfort aside, being cramped for hours on end, especially at high altitude, can increase the risk of deep vein thrombosis and blood clots. Lack of space could even prevent passengers from getting into the brace position in an emergency. That's according to campaign group Flyers' Rights, who argue that airlines are putting profit before safety by cramming passengers into cabins. It's calling for a minimum of 32 inches of legroom in the US, claiming that only around a quarter of Americans can comfortably fit into today's economy seats. Unlike the US, the UK already has a law stipulating the minimum seat pitch, which is the distance between your headrest and the one in front, and the best indicator of legroom. But this is a knee grazing 28 inches. It's easy to see why airlines are keen to push this to the limit. Manufacturer Airbus is currently developing plans to squeeze an extra 24 seats onto its A320s by making toilets and galleys even smaller. It estimates that this high-density layout will boost revenue by $20 million, or £17 million, over 15 years. Flying to Spain with your knees in your armpits is one thing, but imagine spending 11 hours folded in half. Well, from next year, you won't have to if you fly with Wizz Air, which plans to launch budget long-haul flights to Asia and the Middle East. The new A321XLR, which stands for Extra Long Range Single Aisle Aircrafts, will carry 239 economy seats with just 28 inches of legroom. This is bang on the legal minimum and three inches smaller than the long haul average. Still, Wizz Air bosses are confident that passengers will forgo comfort for cheaper tickets. But don't assume that a higher fare will always get you more space. When we checked return flights to Alicante for July, TUI's fare was £393, which was almost double the price of which recommended provider Jet 2 and Ryanair, despite TUI offering 2 inches less legroom. In fact, with a seat pitch of just 28 inches, TUI is the stingiest short-haul airline we found. 
but size isn't everything. Ryanair was rated a dismal 1 out of 5 stars for seat comfort in our latest airline survey, while Jet 2 seats, which are the same size, got a respectable 3 stars. If you do want more wriggle room, then EasyJet seats are 1 inch wider than its rivals. For the sake of a couple of hours, the leg cramps might be bearable, but on a longer flight, the lack of space can soon take its toll. If you're long of limb, Singapore Airlines, which flies to the USA, Asia and Australia, has one of the roomiest economy seats in our comparison, 32 by 19 inches. If that's not enough, a seat in premium economy will secure you an extra 6 inches of legroom, complete with a foot recliner and an additional half an inch between the armrests. When we checked, this cost an extra £753 on a return flight to Singapore in July. That's a staggering £116 per extra inch you gain in the cabin, although there are other perks thrown in including priority boarding, extra luggage allowance and better meal options. Business class seats are roomier still at 55 by 30 inches, but the fare skyrockets to £3,812 on that trip to Singapore, which works out at £94 per extra inch. The best value premium economy fare we found was with Virgin Atlantic. For £321, you gain 9 inches of legroom and 3 inches of width on a flight to New York. That works out at just £27 per extra inch gains, not forgetting those other perks. In comparison, if you fly to the Big Apple with KLM, £460 will only buy you a meagre 4 inches in premium economy. Better to save you money for a shopping spree on 5th Avenue. But there's not just the financial impact to consider. In theory, increased capacity on an aircraft is better for the planet because it can transport a higher number of people on the same tank of fuel. So, the more space you take up in the cabin, the bigger the share of emissions you're responsible for. But herding passengers into increasingly cramped cabins isn't the only way to reduce emissions. Newer planes are generally lighter and more fuel efficient, spewing out fewer harmful gases. Skyscanner factors in the aircraft model when ranking the greenest flights for your journey. You can also calculate your CO2 and donate towards a reputable renewable energy project using Atmosphere's Carbon Calculator. Just head to atmosphere.de forward slash en forward slash offset. You shouldn't feel guilty for wanting extra space when you fly, but make sure your upgrade is worth the higher emissions as well as the money. If you're watching the pennies, try these insider tricks to bag a roomier seat in economy. Firstly, SeatGuru.com lets you compare the seat sizes of hundreds of airlines from economy to first class. So, before booking, check which carrier has the biggest seats and weigh that against the cost of your ticket. Remember, a higher price doesn't always mean a bigger seat. If you've already booked, enter your flight number and use the map to find the roomier seats in the cabin. For example, a bulkhead seat, the row behind the interior wall that separates cabins, typically has more legroom with no seats in front of it. Just bear in mind that bulkheads often have the tray table stowed inside the armrest, which means the armrests are wider and the seats are slightly narrower, and you won't be able to keep belongings on the floor in front of you either. Next, either reserve your seat as soon as online check-in opens to secure the best one, or wait until the last minute. If your flight isn't full, a late check-in could see you bag a row to yourself, allowing you to spread out. Another tip, maybe more obvious, if your flight takes off with empty seats, ask a member of staff if you can move. If you have a reason for needing extra space, for example you're tall or pregnant, then even better. 
And another tip, planes taper off towards the rear, which sometimes means fewer seats to the row and potentially more space. Just be aware though that you could end up next to the toilet queue. And finally, if you're travelling in a pair, reserve the aisle and window seats. Trust me, a solo traveller will only book the dreaded middle seat if they have to, so you could score an empty seat between you. If your plan is foiled, it's likely your intruder will only be too happy to swap. Thank you so much to Laura for taking us through her piece, originally written for the January issue of the Witch Travel magazine. Remember you can find more articles that you'll find useful on everything from money and technology to home and garden advice by signing up to one of our many free email newsletters. You can do that at witch.co.uk forward slash newsletters. We'll be back next week for another episode of Witch Shorts and thanks for listening. Witch Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly, while the exec producer was Angus Farker. 